Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Fortune Favors the Fans, the Fans First Sports Network college football podcast. We talk about sports betting, try to give you guys the tips you need to make a little bit of money on everybody's favorite pastime, which is watching college football. As always, I'm your host, Macon, joined by my co-host and friend, Chris. Chris, we're going to just get right into it with our first part of the show, where we recap what happened last week. I'll update you guys on the Power 5 Pickup Contest when we get there. But let's start off high level. How'd your week go in week 11? Oh, dude, it was terrible. I only won one bet last week, besides the Power Five, which I went three and two, but but like I missed on some pretty big ones, like Penn State and um, Duke and UNC. Look, that was a crazy, that was a fun one. I can't believe that game was only on the ACC network. They college like ESPN did college football a disservice for that. And on top of that, if you're a college basketball fan, Duke and Michigan State was a nail biter on Friday night, and both games were at Duke. Um, so, I mean, the Duke campus just must have been insane uh, all weekend, like going from that game to the basketball game to um, the the rivalry game the next day. But, yeah, it was bad, man. I mean, I went in on – I kept going on Wyoming. I, I pushed it last week. Like, I'm going to bet them until they do me wrong. They did me wrong again. I had them at plus six against UNLV. They lost by 20. Utah and Washington did not – I mean, Washington didn't cover. They won, but only by seven. And Fresno State, they did me wrong. Another another Mountain West team that I've been like riding all season that just just couldn't make it through. They got their asses kicked by San Jose State. Did not see that coming. But um, yeah. Oh, and a classic Iowa. They hit the under again. Um, how'd you do? So I actually had a very similar style week. I lost all of my off-the-radar picks, did very well in the Power 5 Pick'em Contest, but where I lost the most money. So I, I, I've i been doing, I've been following along with these late-night chases, and I was looking at that Fresno State line, and I just thought there's no way they lose to San Jose State. There's just no way they lose to San Jose State. I have never seen a team get punked worse than that game i mean i don't know if you had to if you watched it that wouldn't have been that late for you on the west coast but it still would have been late um but they i mean san jose state straight up crushed them I, the score was yeah. infinitely closer than the actual contest was san jose state was averaging something like 12 yards a carry fresno state couldn't move the ball their quarterback goes down they become even less effective somehow it was just a really really wild uh uh, game to watch just how unprepared Fresno State was to play football. I was embarrassed for that program, to be honest. They're they're competing for a New Year's six pole conference title and to, to turn that in, that's a joke. So that 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 had to hurt for their fans. Um other one that I did not see coming, Oklahoma State gets throttled by UCF. Uh, that, that one was shocking. I, I had yeah that that I think the San Jose State one maybe comparatively a little bit more surprising, but San Jose State at least was starting to play better football. UCF out of nowhere turned in the game of their yeah. year and were able to to handily, handily beat the Cowboys. I, I never saw that, but it's the typical Mike Gundy crap. They mm -hmm. just can't be consistent. It's been the ten his the mark of his tenure the last few years, just 
total inconsistency, but that one really got me. And the, but I mean, I lost the most money on the Fresno State pick. I'm going to be mad about that one forever. Uh, that that's actually I've done pretty well this year. The the amount I lost last week wiped out every almost all of the winnings I had to date <laughs> because of how much I had on Fresno State, oh, thinking that that was an easy way to get my uh, my losses back. So that'll that'll prove it to you guys. Sometimes late night chase is with you. Sometimes it is not. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to move into our next section. These are the off-the-radar games. Maybe these are games that they're scheduled against another big-time game in the conference win- in the uh, broadcast window. Maybe they have a fun storyline. Or maybe we just really think that you can make some money on these lines. Uh, whatever the case, these are games that you, you're you going to have on maybe as a B or C game, not your A game. But that will still give you a rooting interest. Chris, let's start with you here. What's your first one this week? So, we're going to keep following the Colorado game because – or the Colorado train because they're just, they continue to be the biggest story in college football somehow, some way. I don't even know why they've lost six in a row, but for some reason, you know, sports talk radio, it's keeps wanting to talk about them. Um, and they're the Friday night pack 12 game. They're pack 12 after dark uh, Washington state versus Colorado at Colorado. Washington state's a four point favorite. Look, Washington state's had some, some tough, had a tough few weeks along with Colorado. I think both these teams desperately need to win. So I think it's going to be a really interesting Friday night game. And those, those Friday night games always um, do are very interesting and all, and do kind of like show out for entertainment purposes. Um, but I just really like Washington state in this game. I know it's at Boulder and it's going to be a rocking crowd because Colorado's had that crowd all, all season, but like Washington state, I mean, all their, I'm looking at their losses in the record. Um, when I was doing research for this, they've lost like by a touchdown or less for all of their losses. It's just like heartbreaking losses. So I feel like they're due for a win here. Whereas like Colorado, that has not been the scenario. They had some close losses, but they also had some ass whooping. So I like Colorado to cover four points. And I just think that they're the better team like all around. Yeah, I think I, I, I mean, it's tough because Washington State has not been playing great football as as they kind of started the year doing. But Colorado is just playing really, really bad football on top of the fact I think Washington State is due for a game where they go out and kind of show some of that hype they had in the early part of the year. Um, So I like that pick a lot. My first one here is I never do this. I never do this. I have never I don't think I've done it the entire year for this section, but I got a money line pick for you. Um, This is a game that it's just based on in history, Iowa State, it's actually changed since I was looking at it, um, is plus 235 at home at night against Texas. Texas has lost several games, I think three out of the last four against Iowa State, and their record the last like five or six years at night um, at Iowa State, they played a couple of night games there, is just abysmal. The track record Texas has in Ames is is abysmal under Matt Campbell, So, or with Matt Campbell at Iowa State. So I think this is a game, I think the Cyclones are not a very great team but they have won this game consistently against texas and i think this is just shaping up to be one of those games for texas plus it's a low risk high reward bet so put a couple bucks down on it you can triple your money here i i I take this i i think this seven and a half is is the spread maybe you're inclined to think this is a close game but this is one of those games i think either really gets away from iowa state or they beat texas so that that's why i'm taking it Mm. I don't. Ugh. I think I'd rather take the points on that one because at least you get yourself a safety net. But I don't. I don't know, man. I. I don't know. Um. All right. My next one is we'll stay in Texas. Um, SMU versus Memphis. Um. It's in Memphis. This is pretty much 
so there's four teams in the in the American Conference that are eight and two. Um, these are two of them. So basically, the winner of this is kind of going to have like, I wouldn't say the bid is theirs for the American Conference Championship game, but like it's looking pretty good. Like they just have to be reasonable in the final week of the season next week during um, Thanksgiving weekend season. Um, Memphis is a eight and a half point dog. That shocks me um, considering, you know, like Memphis's two losses this season are to Mizzou who are proved two weeks ago that they are a force to be reckoned with in the SEC when they put up a very good football game against Georgia, the number one team in the country. Well, I guess number two, Two technically. Um, I think Ohio State's number one. Um, and Tulane, who is also ranked. So, like their losses are marginal losses to very good teams. So look, SMU has their losses are 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 uh not as bad either. It's to Oklahoma, but also to TCU, which I think is a is a is a worse one. But the fact that Memphis is at home and they're getting this many points in order to to make your bet, like just take that all day. This is my lock of the weekend. Memphis plus eight and a half. I've watched a bit of SMU play. I, I have a hard time figuring out what their what their deal is. Um you know, since Sonny Dykes has left, the program has obviously taken a pretty drastic step backwards. There's still questions about when is the NIL stuff going to start to make a difference. The AAC is getting really weak in the future. So now um it's going to continue to weaken in the future. So you know I think that it's it's SMU's conference to win, but this year they haven't really shown me anything. I like I like Memphis in this game plus eight as well, um, just because it's at home and that's a large spread. And mm-hmm. uh, SMU just hasn't given you a reason to believe that they're really going to pull away from their conference mates. Uh, not yet. They might. Right. Like we're we're a couple of years away from whether or not SMU. Well, they're moving the ACC the next year. They're moving the ACC. Or, next that's year. right. They're making that move. That's yeah. What the M Stanford so and Cal. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna see if that uh, if buying their way out will will work for SMU long term and whether or not yeah. the NIL. I mean, we've been here in Texas. You hear about it all the time. The crazy amount of money SMU is putting into payroll, but it just yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a two three year endeavor before we're gonna see results, and we haven't seen anything yet. Um, I think they thought they were gonna be better this year. I thought there were some rumblings of like an eight to ten win team, a team that was ready to really compete, uh, maybe even beat TCU that last version, but. It, it, it's out on the road in Memphis. SMU's just a pretty mediocre football team. So good pick there. Um, this next one I've got, I, I, I'm picking this one because we're not talking about it in our Power 5 Pick'em contest, but I think it is actually an incredibly good contest. It just isn't arguably the, the most surprising or best game of the week out of the Pac-12. Arizona is a one-point favorite over Utah. I'm taking Arizona. Look, I, I have not been on the Arizona bandwagon hmm. this year. They're playing really good football. And they're winning games close. And the fact that they don't really have to cover a spread here tells me that this is an easy one to, to pick up Arizona on. Utah's just hasn't been the same football team all year. They're very good defensively. Um, they're a tough football team, well-coached football team. Uh, and I think that, you know, it just what this is going to come down to is Arizona is just kind of playing like they're on a mission. They, I think they're the better, they're the better offense in this game. And I think they're comparable defensively or at least able to deal with a Utah offense. that's not very good. Um, they're coming off of a couple of big wins, two tight wins over Oregon state and Colorado. And then the big win over UCLA. I just, I think Arizona is a team that we're all sleeping on still, despite the results, despite getting ranked the college football playoff, they took a couple of early lumps, but they are playing really, really good football right now. I think that's a spoiler in the PAC 12. Um, 
to continue. I think they've got, yeah, they've got Arizona State next. Uh, actually, I, I thought they had one more, but they don't. So you, you, they can just knock Utah firmly off its perch um, and mm. then get ready for the rivalry game where they should win by 45. But I, they're not looking ahead to a terrible Arizona State team. I think they beat Utah outright. It's one point. I like this one. I'm not saying this is my lock of the week but I am very confident in this pick because my lock of the week is uh, uh, out in our power five picks. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Arizona here wins this one by like three points. And that's all. Arizona. I mean, they're just so sneaky, man. They just, they've been doing it all season. They've been fooling us since the beginning of the season. And like, I mean, at this point you kind of have to bet them because they keep on taking your money. Um, So I like that one a lot. So my last one is, um, Boise State at uh, Utah State. Boise State is a three and a half point favorite. I'm not sure why. Um, you know, they're both teams are five and five. Boise State has a better conference record. That's probably why they're the favorite. Um, but it's at Utah State, which is an interesting place to play. Um, Utah State's coming off of like two pretty big conference wins that they needed. And their only losses this season are like, these are like, you know, I'm going to say some interesting teams and like one of them is going to be like, wait, what? And then you look at their record and they're undefeated this year. So Iowa was their first game of the season. They lost by 10 points. Um, Air Force, we've been talking about Air Force a lot on this podcast all season. James Madison University, that's the undefeated team that no one expected. They lost them by a touchdown. Fresno State and San Jose State. So, like, pretty much every good team in their conference and two out-of-conference, like, good opponents are their only losses this season. Um, so I kind of like them at home. I'm, I'm a little shocked that they're a home dog. Um, and then Boise State, you know, they've had some interesting wins and interesting losses, too. Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I think, I think with a home dog, you, you gotta, you gotta just take those points and, and, and expect good results. So that's my last one. Yeah. I like that pick. I don't really get Boise state being a favorite. Just, they haven't played particularly well this year. They haven't really been themselves. They've been very streaky and consistent. It's on the road. Um, I gotta say real quick, speaking of James Madison, the news came down about an hour ago. Their last appeal was denied. So they mm. will not be participating in any postseason activities. It's an absolute travesty. The That's NCAA ridiculous. Should be embarrassed. But that they are a very good football team. So any anybody who's dropped one to James Madison can tell you that yeah. is a really, really good James Madison football team. So I I, I like that pick. I, I just don't trust Boise State. No. Uh, they may play well, they may show up. There is liable lot too. My final pick is a, a a team that I bet on quite a bit and had some mixed results, but I like this one because I just I, I don't quite understand maybe I, I think the what I'm looking at it is just I don't quite understand why the spread is as low as it is. Duke is a three and a half point favorite over Virginia. Virginia is pitiful. Mm-hmm. Pitiful, 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 and that's why I'm taking Duke. I don't, I don't really need much more of a reason. Just Virginia is legitimately one of the worst teams in college football. Um, that's they, a shocking they, they line. That's fight. a shocking line, especially with what Duke yeah. did last week. And if you, it, yeah, it, it's it, what what's what 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 blows me away about that the most is one what Duke did, like you said, and two, like the best thing you can say about Virginia's year thus far. The best thing is they ruined UNC's season, and they've shown a little bit of fight of late. A little bit of fight. But in between pretty good showings, they got blown out by Georgia Tech. So, like, this is just not a good football team. And uh, I don't care that it's at home. There's not going to be anybody in 
fucking crowd. So uh, considering Duke just had a great week last week, and considering I just think the Blue Devils are an underrated football team, um, you know, they're 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 the, the injury derailed a lot of their season. But they, if you want to believe North Carolina is good, Duke had North Carolina dead to rights and just let it get away from them. Um, so I, I think that this is a silly line and another example of like either Vegas knows something we don't, which happens. Fresno State is a great example of this, or we're overreacting to close losses for Virginia, which matters for the sake of the spread. But those losses were still seven points or more, and they're saying this is a, a, a one touchdown game. So you know what? Screw it. I'm taking Duke. All righty. That'll do it for our off the radar games. This next segment, for those of you who are new or need a reminder, are our prop bet segment. We also include over-unders in this section because college football has a little bit less developed of a prop bet area as the NFL. You can't bet like individual game, QB yardage, and stuff like that. At least not that I've seen. Um, DraftKings offers an extensive amount of these products, but they don't offer them all, so we do allow over-unders. Um, I'll run us first here because I got one that I think is pretty interesting, and I'm just going to take it just because I believe in how bad the opposition is. Oregon has Arizona State this week. They are a heavy, heavy favorite in this football game. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix's touchdown total is two and a half. I'm taking the over all day. He's throwing for four TDs in the oh, first yeah. half. Oregon's going to roll this game. This is easy money. I'm taking. I'm taking that one. That's that's one. Of, I I have two true prop bets this week. That's that's the first one. Um, I just think that's easy money. And if he doesn't do it, it'll be because they ran the ball for 500 yards, which Oregon capable of, but hasn't really done that in the past. So Bo Nix is just. He's playing for a better team. He's playing good football. This is an easy one. Oh, he's going to throw four or five in this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that. I'm surprised that it even up, they offer that prop. That's that's how just ridiculous that one is. Um, okay, mine, mine is my first one is um, New Mexico versus Fresno State. I know I probably should stay away from Fresno after they boned both of us last week, but I just can't help it, dude. I'm, I'm doing it. New Mexico is a terrible football team. Um, they're three and seven. They are pitifully offensive. Um, you know, they just, it's just, they, they're in this conference because they are a good basketball team. They're going to be good this year in basketball, but they're not going to be good in football. Fresno State, this is a huge bounce back game for them. This is the late night game of Saturday, classic Fresno State. They're always playing at 7 30 on Saturday. Um, the over under is 56 and a half hit the that's going to be under take the under on that new mexico may score a touchdown probably not but Fres- all the offense is going to come from fresno state they're going to get 25 plus points and then they're going to just hit the gas pedal or i mean uh hit the, hit the brakes and just relax so um 56 and a half seems a little high so under on that one I like that a lot. New Mexico is very, very bad. I've heard good things coming about about their basketball program. They're looking to have a good year. Football, I, I, I just don't. I don't. I. The only reason I wouldn't take that bet is if you're somebody like us who got caught by Fresno State. But that that feels pretty safe um, to make. My next one is an over under here, and it's the easiest. I mean, I'm not saying this is the lock of the week because I like to do that for games, but this is the most certain you can ever be about prop bet or the are what we're calling a prop bet. Iowa under 30 and a half. This is going to be a 17 point <laughs> game. There's no chance this football game ends up with with a score greater than like 20. Like it just isn't going to happen. Iowa is incapable of moving the football and they are as good as you might imagine defensively. Um, I, I just until this stops hitting every week, I check this, even when I don't mm-hmm. have it, because I'm 
Like, ah, this is the week they're finally going to do it. But they're playing Illinois, who's not good offensively in their own right, who's also pretty good defensively, all things considered. Um, it's Big Ten football at its finest. It, it just feels easy. Um, Chris, I, I got to tell you, I'm watching these two games. I have bets on both of the action games that are going on right now, both coming into halftime. I have the favorite in both. It's going to be, I'm going to be sweating out this second half. Field goal kick for Buffalo, Miami of Ohio coming up. That'll put the spread back in jeopardy. Um, it just, it's just something I'm, I'm watching this and having a good time talking. What, about what was the this. spread for this, for this Buffalo, Miami, Ohio game? Uh, I had it at seven Four. and a half. So that's seven and a half. I'm surprised because Miami of Ohio is like way better than Buffalo. I would think that that'd be 14. I was hoping that was logic would stand here, but Buffalo's looked pretty competitive. Yeah, Ohio dude. had a really good drive. Kicking a field goal right now. <laughs> like that, this, this drive here that Buffalo has been on, like they, they got stopped because they ran out of time more so than yeah. Miami of Ohio made a play. So, I mean, I, I think it's just, there's a big kick here. Oh, I got it. All right. So the spread is back under seven. The tricky one is the Ohio one I have at 11. So both of these are like just outside of the spread and it's going to yeah. be a fine line to walk. So we'll see how that goes. But the reason why I bring this up besides it's funny to recording this podcast to talking and watching these <laughs> bets play out um, is like, this is infinitely more fun than anything that will happen in the Iowa game. Like this is just <laughs> so much more fun. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, nobody should watch Iowa football ever, but take the under here. All right, Chris, what's your next one? All right, so I have a theme going for my last two because it's rivalry week, rivalry week in a lot of conferences, but specifically uh, Pac-12 this week and next week. So we have three rivalry games this week in the Pac-12, and then we have, I think, the, the rest, whatever, however many it is um, next week. Um, going to my, uh, I'm going Homer here. I'm going to do uh, my 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 pride and joy, the team that I root for, Cal versus Stanford, the big game, one of the biggest rivalries in the history of college sports. Um, I searched really hard for a prop, uh, because I just wanted to do this game. Uh, but I found one, um, my book offers this one pretty much for almost every, um, almost every, uh, uh, college football game. Um, it's three straight, three straight scores by either team. Um, no is at plus 200. This game is historically never, you know, uh, it's always a close game. It's never a dominant performance because this is such a big rivalry and the, the stadiums are so intense. Now it's at Stanford, but again, as bad of a showing as Stanford fans typically have, this is the big game. So that place is going to be filled up like crazy. Um, so both teams are pretty mediocre. Stanford's very bad this season. Cal is below average, uh, but I don't think that Cal is good enough to dominate to score three times in a row. So plus 200. Um, take that money go bears all right my i i i got a theme on my next one too and they're, they're two yardage totals uh or my last one here is a theme that i'm gonna have this week i'm not i don't bet tech texas tech that often for real because it's very upsetting when you lose and lose money but i am gonna take them this week just fyi i am gonna take tech we're not talking about it because it's i i, I like the other bets better but just for full disclosure i'm gonna take them but uh, this is something I, I wanted to do because the, 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 the number one thing I've been most impressed by Tech this year defensively is their ability to defend the run at a very high level. They've allowed very few backs to find ahead of steam. Um, the over-under for UCF's back here this week, uh, Harvey, is 101.5. I'm taking the under. Look, uh, Kansas had 
one big run, 60 yards. Otherwise, their back finished under 100 yards. It's more often than not what's kill tech is the quarterback run game. So I think this is a pretty safe one to make. I don't imagine UCF is going to have much success running the ball. Um, tech has done a good job containing the backs. It's because they've got great interior defensive linemen. Um, I, I just think this is a, this is a fun one. Um, and since I don't want to bet Tech for the purpose of this podcast, because that spread is just very, very tricky to manage. And I don't know if there's good value to find here um, with how Tech's been playing offensively. I I will, I will, it would behoove you to check this one out because I, I think that this is one that could sneak under the radar a bit, but it is tough to run against Tech in the interior. And UCF, I don't think is a particularly good running team. And I'm surprised this is being offered as a prop bet. I, I, I was kind of shocked to see Tech was included in that group of prop bets being offered. This is a 4 p.m. kickoff, by the way, for those of you central. Um, kind of an odd one. I think they're catering a bit to the UCF folks out in the eastern time zone, but kind of an odd kickoff time. So if you're in the central time zone, kind of in between games, a lot of the, the, the mid-afternoon games will be in halftime around this point. This is a good one to throw on, take a peek at, have a little bit of interest in the game. Um, all righty, we're gonna head to break, but when we get back, oh wait, I got I got one more, I got one oh, more. Oh, you have one more. That is right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just real. Quick, I normally wouldn't care, but this is a rivalry game in the Pac-12, so I want to highlight it. UCLA versus USC. I've been to this game. It is nuts. It is so much fun. Um, I have gone twice. Uh, haven't gone since the pandemic, unfortunately, but I tried to make it a uh, a tradition, but I wasn't able to. The uh, one of the rules of this podcast that we've established the past few weeks is you always bet the over on USC. The over under is sixty five and a half. Take that over because it's USC. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I I think I I look like it. The rivalry week, some of the spreads for rivalry week are really odd this this year. There's a lot of wide spreads, um, a lot of nonsense going on. Um, there's a lot of fun games, though, to be had. And, in fact, you're going to see at least one of the bigger rivalries of the week in our Power 5 pick em. perhaps one of the ones that might, for the first time in a long time, be competitive to date on quarterback health. We're going to get to our Power 5 contest after the break. Uh, I'll update you on the standings, fill you in on where, what games we've got, and get you our new picks for Week 12. 25, okay, we are back. Now, last week, if you didn't get it from our intro, last week was a pretty good week for us, all things considered, out of the Power 5 Pick'em. Chris would go 3-2. and two, I would go 4-1. and one. Uh, We did not do well at all out of the, <laughs> the off-the-radar, but we made up the slack in these big game Pick'em. I have now crossed back over the 500 mark. Sitting at 2533. Chris is sitting at 32 and 18. Uh we're we're both the podcast is positive right now. Mate is well in the money in the Power Five Pick contest, which I've said this a several times now, but I really didn't think was going to happen. I really thought we would have a bit more success with some of the other games of the pickup contest would be tricky because the spreads yeah. are tougher to manage. But it's been it's been a, a hell of a show for the con for the podcast overall out of this group. Now, Chris, we're gonna start in the Pac 12 um this week, just because I think this is I'm not saying it's the game of the week, but it's damn near the game of the week. And you I think, think so. That... You think game of the week, huh? I there there are good games otherwise. At the I ACC. like the Big Twelve game, but but yeah, no, I, I feel you. I feel you. The AC the ACC is an interesting contest. The Big Twelve 
It's a great game. But this is one because it, it feels almost like an overdue moment, which is Washington, Oregon State. Oregon State is the favorite, two and a half. And this is why I say it's an overdue moment. Washington has been playing with fire quite often this year, but has so far survived unscathed and is trying to make their way out of the Pac-12 unbeaten into the playoff. But it would also be very perfectly Pac-12 for this game to go away, to go the other way. Oregon State. State is the is the favorite. They're playing good football. Look, Oregon State isn't maybe quite where they would have wanted to be. I think they thought they would be a little bit closer to the conversation of relevance to the Power Five and where and relevance to the Pac-12 and relevance uh, uh, to that championship contest. But they're what probably the third or fourth team. So it's not like they're outside looking in per se. But they're they're they wanted. I think they thought at this point they would be the front runner of and. This game could be, these next two would be kind of definitive for them. Instead, they don't control their own destiny. I don't believe they're going to need some help. That Washington State loss and the Arizona loss hurting them. They're playing good football, though. They beat up on Colorado in a tighter-than-expected contest, but then they just obliterated a really, really bad Stanford team. Um, Pac-12 race is really coming down to it. This feels like Washington's got a tough close of the schedule, right? Like they're mm-hmm. playing this and then they got to go do the Apple Cup. These are not easy contests. They have two schools that really, really are looking to take a shot at these guys. Um, it's in Corvallis. It's going to be a massive packed house. The Beavers are trying to sneak back into the Pac-12 conversation. They can get past Washington. I think the current standings for the conference – um, have them in third or fourth. I don't know how the breakdown in committee works, but they'll, they, they'll be able to get, I think, back into the conversation with this win. And they're also going to blow up the Pac-12's pa- uh, title chances, potentially. Uh, they, they could they could straight up ruin the Pac-12's year by beating Washington and Oregon back-to-back, and you know they'd love to do it. Chris, who you taking in this one? A surprising favorite, perhaps, but at home in Corvallis. So here's the thing, making they actually do control their own destiny a little bit. If they they are eight and two, they're five and two in the conference. Oregon is nine and one, they're six and one in the conference. Obviously, they lost to Washington. They can win today if they can win this weekend and they can beat Oregon next week in in uh, in, in their rival week. They will be the number two team in the conference and they will play Washington in the Pac 12 conference or in the Pac 12 championship. So there's a lot riding on this, so, and so they, they get the tiebreaker. They get the tiebreaker for second place, and they would face if Washington, let's say, wins the final okay. week against Washington State in the Apple Cup, they would go there. And then, but if they lose, then it's then actually Washington still holds the tiebreaker against Oregon. So I think no matter what, Washington is in the Pac 12 championship, and Oregon State has to win these next two games in order to be there as well. Um, but on top of that, big news came out of the Pac 12 this week. Um, uh, the ruling uh, for the lawsuit again that the Washington State and Oregon State filed against the Pac-12 and the other teams um, was approved. They take the uh, the remaining um, board seats on the Pac-12, um, which can vote to like take all their TV money. There's a lot into it. You can go read about it if you want to know more. Um, so there's like there's this buzz going on in Corvallis this weekend, uh, which I think is very interesting. Also, if we're gonna talk about football stuff. Uh, which this is a football podcast. Uh, I realized the, my wording was terrible, but um, Oregon State is undefeated at home this year. They only have two losses at Arizona and at Washington State. This game is a home game. As much as I don't, I, it's probably going to bite me in the ass to take to take Oregon State. I am taking Oregon State to cover this. I think they win by a field goal in dramatic fashion, and Washington 
moves down the rankings and maybe kicks them out of the college football playoff. So I'm actually going to take Washington here, but for a very specific reason. And the reason is that we've been waiting. Everyone seems to be waiting on Washington to lose. And it's just not happening, right? And this is one of those situations in which whether, whether it's luck, whether it's skill, whatever you want to call it, they feel a lot like that TCU team last year where I'm not convinced Washington is a top four team in this country. You know, they've won a lot of games very, very narrowly, um, had some help from some poor management. The Oregon game stands out in particular. Utah almost got them. USC almost got them. Uh, 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 I think Arizona almost got them. I mean, they, they, they've just they've been skating by. But here's the thing. Winning when you're the underdog is all you got to do here. And this mm-hmm. is going to be a crazy contest. Could easily go either way. Oregon State's playing good ball. It's at home. I could see them playing motivated football. But Washington has a very good quarterback at the helm with an incredible group of receivers to support him. And that, to me, is going to make the difference in this game. Because in these moments, the better a bi- the better passing game is usually the one that gets it done. And Penix and those studs at receiver are just not going to slip up. If they were the favorite here, say they're a 3.4 point favorite, I'd be really tempted to take Oregon State. Because, you know, this could easily be like a one point game or a three overtime game decided on a two-point conversion you know it could easily this could easily get there but all they got to do is win and there's a little bit of magic right now in seattle so i think you know uh it's not gonna be one that you're feeling good about if you're taking either team you're gonna sweat this one down to the wire this is a tough pick this week it could go either way but i i like washington's kind of team of destiny right here um, though it would be what I want to happen is Oregon State to win this game. I will put that in full disclosure. I just think the more likely outcome is the better quarterback play, the better offense, uh, the better ability to make clutch throws in prime time is going to decide this one. But the funniest outcome is like Oregon State wins the next two, gets in. Um, I think Washington's locked up, but the, 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 well, a one-loss Washington team would be on the door of the playoff. So Oregon State winning the next two and then beating Washington and eliminating the pack wholesale from the championship would be the funniest outcome at this point. Um, really, I'll really admit, crazy I'm, turn of events. I'm a pack-hole. tad bit biased because of my lo- my hatred for the teams that are disbanding the Pac-12. Um, also, I think Oregon's a better football team, and I want them to squeak into the college football playoff. But yeah, let me ask you this question real quick, and, yeah. and I I don't want to spend too much time on this game. I, I my bad. Um, but just uh, if Washington wins this game, do you think that's enough of a resume for the playoff committee to push Washington into the playoff and move one of those other teams out? No, they can't. They can only get in as an undefeated team. They will get left out in almost any other circumstance. It's it's a good body of work because the conference overall has been so strong. But there is a very, I think, the likely outcome, the most likely outcome, is Washington wins out, um, escapes the Apple Cup, just because I think. Well, I hope Wazoo shows up. Wazoo's just, I don't think, good enough to get that done. Um, but the most likely outcome is Oregon knocks them off and in the championship game, and you're not going to send two to Pac-12 teams regardless. So I don't think like the, it's going to come down to can Oregon. I think will go if they if they get out because everyone's going to agree the one loss being that kind of mismanaged final moments against Washington not a big deal. But if if uh, it, you're just not going to send two Pac-12 teams, it's never going to happen. The the, the SEC guys, the, the the Southern guys who 
or make up the committee are never going to allow that to happen. We're seeing it every week. Georgia was moved up to number number one for fuck all reason, right? Like Ohio State mm-hmm. did nothing wrong, and we still saw Georgia get moved up. The SEC teams are rocketing up the the rankings for no reason. The conference has never been worse. The SEC has never been more top heavy and we're still having these same conversations. So it's it just like they're never going to allow two Pac-12 teams to go. In an ideal world, if Washington wins out, Oregon wins out, that game isn't a playoff playing game unless uh, that game is if Oregon wins, they both go. That's like the ideal world because I think the Pac's played the best football. But, you know, that life ain't fair. JMU can't make the postseason at all college football's dying right in front of us it's all it's all bad it's all bad news and to be honest it is a little fitting that oregon and washington might get screwed supporting a system that uh that they use to kind of destroy the pac-12 right like chase the almighty dollar the brands all the exposure all that jazz so you know i won't feel bad for him but they would it would make the most sense for both those teams to have a shot playoff in that scenario all righty, we're going to move on to the SEC. We got the one, I would say this is probably the only good SEC game this week. I, I looked down the list, not a lot there. Uh, um, it's Georgia-Tennessee. It's a big game in the East, not as big as it was because Tennessee's faded. Georgia doesn't, I, I think they've secured the East. I think that's done. I don't think anybody can catch them now. I'd have to check the standings again, but they are. if they haven't, this would lock it up for them. Um, they're a 10-point favorite versus the Volunteers. Tennessee, for its part, has... Really, I would say, I think their fans would agree, underperformed. It's not like they're having a bad season, I think, by any stretch. But I think they were really hoping to to be better than 7-3. and three. And 10 points, Oregon's looked, or excuse me, Georgia's looked more like themselves of late. Tennessee was just crushed by Mississippi. Georgia, in its last out, had a, a similar beatdown of a highly rated Mississippi team. You know, talk about kind of the SEC, SEC shit. I think Mississippi's still ranked number nine in the country despite playing Georgia and losing by like 40. So I'm going to rant about that until I die. But 10-point game, a 10-point spread on this one. The game is in Knoxville, which is, I think, why it's only 10. Who are you taking in this one, Chris? I just – Georgia's rolling, man, and they look better and better every week. So I'm taking them to cover the 10 points. Also, like Tennessee, like, I mean, they're just so inconsistent. And, like, every – like big matchup they've had they've just they've choked i mean they played mizzou last week they lost 36 to 7 they played alabama four weeks ago they lost 34 to 20 and they, they just keep choking in florida in the beginning of the season 29 16 like if it's a big game this tennessee team is just choking so like i why wouldn't they choke um in this game as well against a georgia team that has just been dominating the past few weeks so yeah georgia to cover 10 yeah, I wanna. I don't want to spend too much time on this, just to say that, like, why? Why wouldn't you take Georgia here? Like, we have to bet on this game. It's the big game of the week in the SEC. Georgia's gonna win this by thirty. I mean, Tennessee just got crushed by Missouri. Um, Georgia's looking and playing better each and every week. The only reason is the ten point spread is in Knoxville. But like, does anybody out there believe Tennessee's and Georgia's weight class? You shouldn't. So, what? what what's not? Let's not split hairs here. Um, I wouldn't bet this game at all just because I don't think it's going to be very fun. But it is, I looked at the SEC schedule. Chris looked at the SEC schedule. If we missed a better game than that, let us know. But I think that's the big one. Um, just kind of a boring one out there. Speaking of boring contests, Big Ten, Illinois-Iowa. It's a three-point spread. Boring isn't the sense that this game could be like uncompetitive or something. Boring in the sense that it's Iowa-Illinois. Um, the Big Ten doesn't have a lot of great games this week either. The Big Ten overall is just kind of shit to watch. Um, Illinois is... 
five and five. Iowa's eight and two. Illinois is coming off of a win in overtime over Indiana and a win over Minnesota. They are surprisingly on the doorstep of bowl eligibility. Iowa, for its part, is coming off of the, the shutout win over Rutgers and the narrow victory over Northwestern. Both of those games were hit their unders. Both of those games had the, I believe, lowest under at of the time when they were released. Uh, I think Northwestern was at 29. I think the Rutgers one hit 28 and a half. I don't know what it opened at Illinois, but it was in that range. I think, I mean, it's only at 30 and a half now. So uh, I'm going to take Iowa in this one. And the reason why is just Iowa's going to win this by a field goal. They're going to kick two or three field goals, win it by a field goal, or maybe one touchdown. So worst case scenario, I'm going to push here. They're they're just better than Illinois. They're better defensively. They're both bad offensively. Uh, the under's going to hit. So, but there's not a lot of wiggle room here. But I think they can get this one done. Chris, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm with you. Iowa Iowa covers the three. I think they'll win by a field goal too, um, or just a touchdown, like fourteen to seven or seven to zero knowing them i look folks we tried i i promise you we looked we looked hard and wide at the schedule there was a couple interesting games but the spreads were terrible this is the best we can get the big 10 so apologies again big 10 just keeps making it tough for us every week yeah i mean i i uh, a guy who writes for our staff who's on our podcast kendall is an iowa guy and i i just feel bad for him. It's just not fun. But we we do try to find something out of the Big Ten to give you guys something palatable to have on. It's 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 working against God at this point. Like that that conference <laughs> is just it's gonna make a hundred million dollars oh. and nobody is ever gonna enjoy what they're watching. So it it's like sickening how bad they are. But we get a little bit of a palate cleanser here. We have a very tight contest, perhaps surprisingly tight contest, depending who you ask. Number 10 ranked Louisville up against unranked and 6-4 and four Miami. If you told that information to anyone on earth, even if you followed it up with the fact that this is in Hard Rock, which has been notoriously, notoriously low attendance uh, forever. I mean, they just can't fill it. They can't fill Hard Rock. But notoriously low attendance. Even if you told them that, you would assume Louisville was a seven-point favorite. Just, just you'd assume that. Miami is a point favorite here, and I'm gonna. I could give you a million reasons why that a Louisville is gonna beat Miami by any number of points. Um, Louisville's, of course, had a tight victory over UVA. UVA just trying to play spoiler. They had that tough loss against Pitt. It just felt like Pitt was bound to blow up somebody's year. But Louisville's playing really good football. They're up against a six and four Miami team. Hard Rock is one of the least intimidating venues on earth. Louisville's going to win this game outright. And since they're not the favorite, I don't need to give you any more justification than that to say that they're going to do it. They're going to win this game. Again, this could be an example of Vegas knowing something I don't. It happens all the time. Those guys have these spreads set for a reason. There have been times, though, this year where I really think Vegas has lost its its damn mind. This is one of them. Miami's a streaky football team, a poorly coached football team, and just not good enough to beat Louisville. I think Louisville is is recovered from that tough – a couple of – of tough moments in that Virginia game where Virginia just hung around and hung around and hung around and, and took, a, I think they had like a four, 10 point lead in the fourth quarter and Louisville just had mm-hmm. a turn on the Jets. I think they're just proving that they know how to win and they're not going to stumble uh, against a not very good Miami football team. Uh, so I don't know what DraftKings has it, but I'm, I, I look at ESPN when I'm, uh, we're doing this podcast and ESPN has this ESPN bet has this set up as a pick them now. Which is kind of funny, um, yeah. Miami is just like inconsistent, and like their story is the same as Tennessee's. Like every big game they've played, they've just choked. UNC, 
31 to 31, Florida State 27 to 20. Uh, it's just why would we trust that they would come that would show up to this game and they're just so inconsistent. Louisville at least has bounced back a little bit. So, yeah, I don't we don't have to talk more about that. Yeah, I mean, it it, it kind of sucks because we're talking about a lot of games which just like it's just not the outcome doesn't feel particularly interesting. Um, you know, we could be wrong, guys. These could turn. We've been wrong before, but we we are now. I think as a podcast on like a, I think nine and one, eight and two run over the last two weeks in the Power Five Pick'em. So this has gotten easier. Well, we have struggled mightily with our off the radar games. Um, so you know, take that for the grain of salt that it's worth. Every week's a new week. But our last game is an interesting one for a couple of reasons. Number one, it is a massive rivalry. Kansas, Kansas State. If you know anything about these two schools, you know they don't like each other. You know this has not been close in football in the last 15, 20 years. Kansas State has dominated the series. Um, basketball, this has been – Kansas has dominated the series. If you paid attention this year, you know this is also a pretty interesting game because Kansas is looked good. They're coming off the loss of Tech. I watched that Tech game. Uh, Jason Bean was not playing well. Then he got hurt. Their third-string quarterback did a good job standing in there. Bean's health is still a question mark. I have not seen yet a definitive answer. I doubt we get a definitive answer before kickoff. I bet this is one of those where he's either playing or he's not. So kind of betters beware. The spread is 7.5, I think, potentially factoring in being not playing in this game. If he does not play, Kansas State will win easily. Tech struggled in the second half of this game because our own quarterback did not play particularly well, and we just our offensive line just isn't great, and they Kansas State put everybody in the box. And our running back did his best, but when you're up against eight-man boxes constantly, it, it became a problem. Um, but Kansas State has a much better developed rushing attack than Tech did. And for those of you who did not watch that Tech game, Taj Brooks rushed the ball, I think, 22 times in the first half for like 105 yards. I mean, it was just we just lined up and ran over him. Kansas State is much better equipped to do that. They have more horses in the passing game. Tech struggled to throw the ball. I don't know. The weather was kind of a factor in this one. It was a muggy day. Um, and without being, Kansas really doesn't have an offense. I mean, with being, it's it's a question mark. The kid's streaky. But if he doesn't play in this game, that third-string quarterback, he's tough as hell. He's got a future there. But his receivers weren't helping him, and he missed some throws where you're just like, damn. Like, damn, how'd you do that? <laughs> so give me give me Kansas State, seven and a half. I just – I if, if I knew what Bean was doing, I might consider taking Kansas. It's a rivalry game. Seven and a half is a lot of points. But we don't know what the status of Bean. Last I saw is they're, quote, unquote, confident of his health, which is coach speak for either he is going to play and we don't want you to know it yet, or he isn't going to play and we don't want you to know it yet. Yeah. So. But again, betters beware. But Chris, how are you reading this one? I think it's like the Sunflower Showdown, whatever the hell they call this. Huge rivalry game of the state. Seven and a half. You, you feeling like that's a bit much? Uh, yeah. I mean, K-State is fucking rolling. I just, I mean, like they are, they really are. They have only had, their three losses are tough losses by touchdown or less to some good fucking football teams. I mean, but like. This spread really scares me a little bit. I think if it was six and a half, maybe I could I could feel better about K State. But because it's seven and a half, it's more than a touchdown. I just I think I have to go with KU. I I hear what you're saying about the quarterback about Beam, and and that is a huge question mark that I wish we had the answer to on this Wednesday that we're recording this podcast, but. I just like I that that's it's just the spread that gets me. So I think we're I, look we we're gonna 
one of us is going to catch some ground this week in our contest because we've we've gone separate on a couple of these but uh yeah i i think i'm just gonna go with ku plus seven because just because of spread that is something to know that is really something to pay attention to when we talk about these when you see that half mark that is vegas telling you they've got to win by 10 right like it, or, yeah it, it is unusual to win football games by eight or nine so you're effectively saying a touchdown on a field goal the reason uh, what this comes down to, to me is if bean doesn't play this is going to be very very one-sided if he does play kansas state is very well equipped to do what a couple of teams have figured out KU's incapable of stopping the run that is a very soft defense they need yeah. a lot of guys in the box um, that that will allow Kansas State to play, I think, a bit of ball control and get away with this one. But the flip side of this is if Bean is playing, Kansas has a very fun offense. If you haven't watched much KU this year, they do a lot of stuff that's at times a bit perplexing why they're moving the guys around that they do, why they seem to throw in some window dressing that may be a bit unnecessary. But they have some cool formations, some really great play designs. If if we knew what Bean was doing, I think I would say outright that this is probably just too hot of a rivalry to say definitively that, like, ah, Kansas State's just going to roll them. But there is also something to consider. The last time we thought Kansas was back was a few years ago. I think they were, like, 5-2 and two heading into this game, and Kansas State beat them by, like, 50 points. Mm-hmm. So, like, Kansas State has Kansas's number in the modern era. There's a lot of factors going into this one. It's a rivalry. It's it's. It's going to be a big game. It's important. Kansas State is in the hunt. The Big 12 just issued a clarification on its tiebreak that basically makes it that Kansas State's on the outside looking in. Um, They did not change the rule, but the rule was so poorly written, they issued an official clarification. Just general incompetency. But what's funny about it is it screws Oklahoma extremely hard because they lost Oklahoma State. Um, If there's a tiebreaker between Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and OU, Oklahoma State beat both of them. Uh, OU and Kansas State did not play the other two. Uh, the, this unbalanced scheduling shit's a mess. But because Oklahoma State Damn, did play both the other two. Week. Yeah. So if Kansas State is in this mesh, they're probably going to get left out. They don't control their own destiny. But they're still fighting for the Big 12 title. They're all a lot of teams really competing for that title. Oklahoma has a has a uh, 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 I think who do, OU has BYU should be easy. Oklahoma State has Houston. Who the hell knows what Oklahoma State's going to do? To be honest, I I can't predict that team for the life of me. But Kansas State's got a lot to play for here. And Kansas, I mean, look, they're probably I think the the. I, I think almost nobody out of like the top seven teams has been eliminated officially from conference contention. So even KU's right in this thick of things trying to make a case for themselves. But it's just this this is I think maybe that one of the hottest contests will be in the Pac twelve with you either got Washington Oregon State or that Wazoo game could be a pretty fun contest. This is probably one of the more impactful. It's a bit unfortunate that Bean might not play in it because I think this could be a really fun one. So um, that's going to bring us to the end of our show. But before we go, Chris, any final thoughts for our view, our listeners? Any final tips of wisdom? Uh, I mean, just to add on to what you just said, actually, KU's only or only back one game from second place. So I mean, there's definitely some some to be said there. Um, yeah, Thursday night. Um, there's only one game, but it's a fun ACC game: Boston College versus uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a favorite. They're in Pitt. So that's probably why, but I kind of like Boston College in that one. If you if you guys are looking to bet on Thursday night, um, if for some reason Thursday night football in the NFL doesn't do it for you, which it's a big matchup, you should. 
Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, like next week's going to be the big week for a lot of these rivalry games. I'm really excited, especially like the West Coast games. It's probably going to be, as our listeners know, I'm already West Coast heavy with most of my bets, but it's probably going to be all West Coast next week. So prepare for that. But um, yeah. Yeah, that that BC spread. This probably episode probably isn't going to come out until that's happened. So I, I really yeah. hope I don't sound like yeah. a dumbass here when I talk about this, but I, I'm, I'm going to pound Boston college. I pits two and eight. They've ruined somebody's year. They're done, right? Like they did what they were supposed to yeah. do, which is play spoiler. Um, and that that's it. That's, that's it. That's all there. That is all. That is what God intended from Pitt this season is just ruin somebody's year and then go home. Boston college is bowl eligible. Uh, they've had, they had a tough game again. Virginia Tech. I understand that. That spreads an overreaction to Virginia Tech, who is fighting for bowl eligibility, right? Like they lost to a team that is in the same caliber as them. Pitt is really bad. So, uh, I, on the off chance this episode publishes Thursday, which it probably won't, but even if it doesn't, hopefully those of you out here have made a little bit of money on that as we have as well. Uh, my tidbit for you guys I'm looking at the, the Tech UCF game. I'm, I, like I said, I'm going to take it. I'm not putting it as one of my bets in here because I want to win and it would be very upsetting to both lose lose the bet and have it on the podcast as a loss but tech is a three-point favorite over ucf team that is pretty bad i mean the oklahoma state win aside is pretty bad uh tech has found a bit of an identity offensively there it's a tough game to predict because tech is such a shit show offensively in terms of how they're going to play but they found what seems to work for them, which is lining up and run over people. And I think they can do that with impunity against UCF. It's senior night. It's at home. Uh, it, I, I think Tech rolls this one, gets to ball eligibility, and heads into that meeting with Austin with nothing to lose and just trying to play spoiler and really make Texas sad on the way out the door. The only other thing I said, guys, is I, I keep bringing this up, but the podcast is doing extremely well on the Power 5 Pickup. Even if you've been leaning with one of us or the other, you are now in the money on either side. You are in mm-hmm. the money. Um, so I hope you guys have been rocking and rolling with us. Uh, we're going to hope to keep it going. This week, there's a chance for me to maybe get back into the contest a bit. Chris has got a seven-game lead with two weeks to play. We have not decided how bowl season is going to be played out. Uh, we'll figure that one out and get back to you guys about our bowl season special. Uh, how we're even going to – we're probably going to have one show for the, the conference championships. Uh, we may just bat every conference championship. Oh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But the, the the moral of the story is the contest, it looked like Chris was running away with it a bit. I pulled back at least within spitting distance. We'll see if I can keep that up and get back in it. But as always, folks, like, subscribe, whatever it is, and whatever major podcasting platform. Check us out on the Fans First Sports Network college football feed. You'll also find other great college football podcasts, some conference shows, some other shows that they're doing like this one for overall topics. Um, then check out their MLB, their NFL, the NBA, NHL, whatever the hell they've got it. You'll find it on one of their feeds. Check out them out on Twitter. You can find Chris on Twitter, and you can reach me if you ever wanted to contact me at the Cotton Club Crew. Just when Fans First Sports Network drops this episode, that's Chris's personal. That Cotton Club Crew is our podcast one. It's the easiest way to get a hold of either one of us. Um, and follow us along. Uh, Chris, with his, his is, of course, you guys know Big West Coast guy, unfortunately, is a fan of the Oakland A's. I'm sorry for that one, Chris. But uh, I am a Texas Tech fan, so I understand a lot about losing and being disappointed and sad all the time so you can follow us there Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week we'll fill you in on how we did and see if we all made a little bit of money together enjoy the rest of your week enjoy the games and get ready for a massive rivalry week to come